0: where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 177, Matt Moret Seminar from the NWTF Convention. And I am your host and the guy who's ready. All of the gear is piled up on the floor in the basement. The shotgun is in a case, sitting beside all the gear. The truck has some gear loaded in it. My camo clothes are laid out like tonight is a school night, and I just hope that I can sleep. I'm fired up and ready to go because we are 10 hours, 23 minutes, 38 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. You guys have heard me tell you in previous episodes that I'm going to be quick with my intro and outro, but you've never heard an intro as quick as this. I've got to brush my teeth and get in bed. Meliagris Galapavo Clause is coming to town. So today I'm going to play for you guys the Matt Moret seminar from the NWTF convention. I thought that Matt did a great job being informative and entertaining in his seminar, and I want to play that for you guys, so let's get into this now. Here's Matt Moret, and I'll see you guys on the other side.
1: How many people are just mesmerized by the gobble of the wild turkey? How many of y'all go out there and you hear that first turkey gobble and you get that little Hairs in the back of your neck stand up, little shield bones. Does that happen to anybody else? Or is that just me? No. Heck yeah, that's why we're here today. What's that? I, I got you. Oh, you don't have any hair?
2: <laughs>
1: you know, the coolest thing is to come to Nashville or, and, and just watch the thousands of people that walk through the door that love to chase these these birds. And you know, any brand new turkey hunters? Anybody nobody wants to admit? Well that's good. You are? Yes, man. That's awesome. Welcome welcome to the sport. I'm going to tell you right now, it's addicting. You can ask any one of these folks out here. By the time you put that first turkey in the freezer, if it didn't cost you about 250 bucks a pound, you ain't not find enough crackers. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the bag around here. Honestly, it is an addicting sport. When you get out there and, and you hear that first turkey gobble, y'all remember the first turkey you ever heard about? When the reason I'm here today is because my dad took me out when I was six years old. Something between his legs, and, and I listened to him and his buddies call around the house, and I called to a turkey. And when it answered me back, I was hooked for life. And uh, it's been a it's been a great ride for me, and I'm just so proud to come down to the convention every year in Nashville. My daughter is she loves the turkey hunt. She cares less about deer or anything else, but she won't miss it. a day that she gets the opportunity to go turkey hunting and I'm getting able to pass it down in my family tree. And, um, you know, there's a lot, this, I, I don't care if you've been to every seminar today, you walk through that convention center and talk to everybody you might see on television or people you read about or what have you, nobody knows everything there is about turkeys. If we did, we wouldn't be here today. If we went out and yelled and every turkey that we called to gobble and walked to the end of our gunpowder, it wouldn't be fun. Anybody have any vendetta against the turkey from two last year or the year before that? <laughs> they make you mad, can't they? Yeah, I mean, just about the time you think you got it figured out, they do something different. I got another question, and this one's pretty close to my heart. Anybody ever missed a turkey? In here? <laughs> All right, I see a lot of liars out there. <laughs> seriously. You go turkey, month, you're going to miss. It happens. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. I want to get back to ladies that I see out here. And I know we have a new turkey. How many of you ladies out there are turkey hunters? Awesome. And I see that side of our sport growing tremendously. But turkey hunting, guys, turkey hunting is the ultimate female sport. No doubt about it. Girls are better shots than we are. And there's, I mean, some guys in here might beat the chest or whatever, but girls are better shots than we are. You take a, a female out, give her a little instruction with the 22 rifle, and she's hitting quarters of 25 yards in a matter of seconds. Women are more patient than we are. But the biggest reason is, what other sport can a girl go out? and talk sexy to something that's male species and blow its head off at 20 yards. I mean, that's total revenge on, on, on the gender. But anyway, welcome. Glad to see it. I see lots of youngsters. i seen lots of youngsters throughout the show today. It's so important to our sport, and you hear that everywhere you go. Lots of people trying to take this sport from us. The kids today aren't involved. These things right here, in my opinion, are one of the worst inventions ever. My kid doesn't even watch television anymore. She gets there all her information right there. But anyway, get him outside. Anybody heard of Turkey Gobble yet this friend? You have? I, my number, I, after the show, I'm glad to give it to you. And if you need some help with it, I'm glad to, to give you some help. I actually, I, my home is in Pennsylvania, Central Pennsylvania. Um, Tuesday morning, I walked outside. I had a book that I've been watching. About two weeks every day, and he lost one side. I really wanted to find one of his antlers. I figured I would, and I walked outside, and five longbeards were fighting at the end of my field. And about an hour later, I went out and yelled one time. I'm not supposed to do that, but uh, they gobbled, and I thought that was a good send-off to Nashville. So things are starting to happen, and uh, it won't be long. I mean, this part of the world. If you're from the southern part of the United States, I mean, South Florida comes in in two weeks. So it's upon us right now. So we all gather here in Nashville to talk about turkeys and. Again, like I said, I don't know everything there is. I'm fortunate to get out there day after day in the spring. I've made a living in this business since I was 16 years old and and get to chase turkeys a lot. And I make the same mistakes everybody else does and we don't call every turkey up that that we yell at. It's impossible, like we said earlier. But stuff we should be doing right now, obviously, some of y'all were honest about missing turkeys. I missed six turkeys last year myself. And, you know, I know that when it's, when I, before I get going there, i got to get out there to the shooting range. And I see a lot of kids out there. You know, everybody talks about patterning and this and stuff. Patterning a shotgun is great. How many of you guys enjoy patterning your shotgun shooting paper? <laughs> I enjoy it, but not with those big 3-inch magnets. They hurt. If you're going to take your, your child out there to shoot their shotgun, and I know there's some kids out there who want to tell you the secrets. Don't make them recoil sensitive. I learned this the hard way. I learned a lot of lessons the hard way. But my daughter, I take her out with some just trap load 20 gauges, put, you know, play birds at 20 yards and practice aiming at them. I think that's more important than her pattern the shotgun. I want her to shoot at a standing target at 25 yards, squeezing it just like you would if you were shooting a rifle. That way when that turkey comes in, she's thinking about what she learned or what they think about what they learned and they squeeze that trigger. Most of the time that we miss a turkey, other than being out of range, sometimes they're too close. Practice those close ranges. You know, last, and I'm gonna tell a quick story on this, research. practice shooting at 10 yards. You know, with today's ammunition, choke tubes, and where it's at today, at 10 yards, you don't have much of a pattern, and you really gotta get down in that psych system, or whatever. So get out there this time of year and shoot your guns, pattern your shotguns. There's a lot of range and all kinds of different shots in this, and whatever, shoot what shoots best in your shotgun, what you have confidence in. Just because your buddy shoots you know, some brand ammunition, some shot size, doesn't mean that's the, the, the same for your particular gun. Back years ago, I worked for a company called HS Stroud. I worked for them for 24 years, and we had a waterfowl division, and uh, a gentleman that uh, ran the waterfowl division was always making fun of us when we come back and miss a turkey. He's like, how do you ever miss a turkey at 20 yards with a shotgun, you got a pattern like this, you know, we should duck some geese all this, and, you know, just really ride. So about the second I invited, him on a, I invited Barney Caleb on a uh, turkey hunt down in Southern Iowa. I was living in Iowa at the time, and uh, long story short, my whole goal of this trip was to get a turkey somehow so close that he would miss it, just so I could not hear this anymore. But long story short, Bruce and a turkey down there it just a perfect situation. There was two laundry rooms that came together, and just a beautiful hardwood top, and, and uh, we slid in there the next morning. I knew right where it was set up. I got a decoy out in that crossroads and I put him about maybe about 10 yards, probably a little less than 10 yards from that crossroad. I got behind him. And I said, Whatever you do, don't shoot. We want to get all this great footage. Please don't shoot until he gets up there to the decoys. And uh, long story short, Turkey just, I mean, it was, like it, it was a godsend. First thing he does is start gobbling, gobbling, and recall a little bit. And he flies down. Can't see him. I hit him one time. He just comes right back, and you just hear him coming close. You can hear that rattle on his chest. He gobbles on his own. He's looking for us. About that time, y'all know what that feels like. When you can't see him yet. and
0: they
1: start making that sound. Anybody, that, that, get anybody like, like it does being when you hear that sound? I mean, it's just your heart pumps, and you can't stop it. About that time, I see that tail coming up over that hill, And I look at Barney. He's left-handed. He's three yards in front of me. And I see that gun barrel just doing this. I can see it's like shit. I'm like, we're gonna win this game. <laughs> anyway, just, and a lot of times when they see a decoy, the thing you want to do is stop home So he pops his head up over that hill and he sees that just one hand decoy up there, and he just locks up and he slow walks. I mean, it takes him. It feels like it takes 30 minutes for him to walk five yards. Anyway, he gets up there to that hen and I let him just play around there a little bit and I cut to that guy when he sticks his head up and they said shoot. And I, right before that, I cut to him. I look at Barney's Barney I Went from just shaking to figure eights. I mean, he's like he's losing. Long story short, he pulls the trigger. I watch the leaves above that turkey's head. <laughs> I mean, he's four feet over his head. He never put his cheek down on the shotgun. He was so into the show that he forgot to aim at the turkey. I know that has happened to a lot of us in here. Sometimes you get so into it, you forget that you got to aim at that thing. It happens to me all the time. I get cross-eyed sometimes from staring at him so long and. Anyway, get out there and shoot your shotguns. I know everybody in here is going to talk about that and we'll talk about scouting. You know, your neighbor just north of here in the state of Kentucky, in my opinion, has one of the best regulations anywhere in the country. That, you know, on public ground, if you get caught, and it might be on private too, I don't know the whole letter of the law, but if you get caught with a turkey call in your pocket out there yelling for the turkeys before the season, it, it's a you can get a ticket of defense for it. Back home where I'm from in Pennsylvania, I guarantee when the turkeys start gobbling, people go out there and start calling them in. Well, that makes it tough. I mean, I'm not saying turkeys get call shy. I don't know if that's the correct term or whatever. We are predators. I mean, they know that we're active. And the more you educate them out there, especially in your good hunting spots, the smarter they're going to be. You know, if you got to go out and yell or call to a turkey before the season, go to your best friend's hunting places. Don't make his turkeys smart. I can <coughs> Best thing to do is just get out there and listen. Lots of things change this time of year. You know, these guys, they've been buddies all fall, all winter long. I can just tell you, like, at my house, in the terrain in Pennsylvania, where I a lot, just like here in the you know, eastern part of Tennessee, hills and valleys, and you know, just some pretty rugged terrain. My turkeys that were around my house left in October. And I've only been here two years at this place. And they leave in October once the White Oaks are down, and they you know, probably pretty much gone. They know that winter's coming, and they head to the sun side of the mountain. They actually cross the valley on another mountain to spend the winter. This past week was the first time I've seen turkeys come back. And it's just the start of the spring ritual. So now it's time to get out in the woods, learn the land. And, you know, in the next few weeks that are coming, lots of things are happening out there. Turkeys are always establishing that pecking order Every day of their life. It's not just in the spring. It's all year long. You know, in the wild, lots of things are different than the way we have it. You know, turkeys had McDonald's and things like that, it'd be a whole different story. They're out there to survive. They live every day of their life in survival mode. You know, when a hen, a turkey is hatching those eggs, she's sitting on that nest and she's imprinting those pulse before they even come out of the egg. The first thing they learn is to stay away from danger. We're danger on wild turkeys. A lot of people say that they can see so many times better than a human and hear so many times. I don't know what those figures are for real. I hear lots of stories. Y'all know right now they can see really good. They can see better than we can. And they can detect movement at unbelievable distances. And that's a lot of stuff that I want to talk about when we talk about decoys and things like that. Turkey's senses are great. Probably way better than ours. But you got to remember, they're surviving every day. You're in their house where they live. You know, some people love or hate camouflage and this and that. I'm not going to Turkey Woods without looking like the, the place that I'm hunting with. And when I get set up, and know today's world with all the stuff that's available, you can melt into that environment out there, but you still gotta be still, especially at the right times. Think about times we've been walking through the woods and you're just looking around all of a sudden and you see a deer's ear twitch, or you see a deer's tail, like a squirrel tail. That movement's what catches your eye. Same thing with turkeys. You know, with the youngsters out there, with the invention of, of ground lines, the way that the technology has allowed us to get great concealment, if i had a ground blind when i was a little boy i probably would have saved a lot of butt chewings for sitting still and it makes a difference for whatever reason you take a a portable wine and put it in the middle of the field the turkey doesn't pay any attention to it they'll walk right up to it and strut right beside it to your decoys and you know one of the best ways to get young ones out there and get them involved my personal way to hunt i don't like to use blinds a whole lot because i just think i love sitting by a tree and i love making mistakes if i know that i made a mistake that turkey got me that day and as I get older, I learn that, you know, I used to want to kill everything that I could out there. And that was, you know, my goal, I've always thought it was trying to shoot one. And obviously that isn't a, a goal for a lot of folks, but I love to spend the time and learn everything I can every day that I go out there. And I promise you, when you do that, it puts a lot of, it puts a lot more into the experience. Just learn from your mistakes. If I hear a hand yelp on the next ridge, I want to hear a yelp all morning. Because I want to sound like her the next time I go to the woods. And that's, that's one of the things that we we're talking about. You know, there's so many opportunities to hear different people talk, and, and there's so many people to talk to in there that enjoy this sport so much, and everybody has things that work for them. The bottom line is it's common sense. We're the only animal that has the ability to reason and figure out a situation. But for whatever reason, when we get out there, and turkey goblins, sometimes we lose our mind. How many of y'all are deer hunters? Anybody still to this day have trouble? sleeping the day before opening day of deer season. That's why we go hunt. If you're out in that deer stand, let's say we're bow hunting, that first doe comes in, we're not gonna shoot a doe and that right leg starts to shake. Has that ever happened to anybody else with me? That's why we go hunting. It's, it's that adrenaline flow that we get. And like I said, when we're out there turkey hunting, we're talking to these birds. We're not just making noise. And that's, that's something that, that was taught to me a long time ago. You know, even though that I love the turkey call, and, and go out there and try to make different sounds, a lot of times I was just making noise. When I learned how to talk to them and know what they needed to hear from what I needed to say, I was a lot more successful with bringing turkeys closer to my gun barrel or closer to somebody else. Nowadays, I, I personally probably don't carry a gun five or six times a year all spring. I enjoy calling turkeys up for other people more than anything in the world. I love to watch other folks' reactions. And you know the crazy thing is whether it's a first-time hunter that's ten years old or somebody that's been at it for fifty years, and that old turkey shows up and, and you can see it in their eyes and you see it in their motions and the uncontrollable heartbeat and adrenaline pump that you get when you know it's about to go down. Let's just talk about calls real quick. Thank you thankfully I had some good Pennsylvania boys, I stuffed my pockets with turkey calls at the booth and I forgot our striker, but Cody makes a good turkey call too. The tone is built right into these things. This day and age, anybody can run a turkey call. And I'm going to, I'm just going to borrow a little one here real quick that I see. You want to come up and help me, buddy? You don't want to? I might give you a free turkey call if you go up here and give me a hand. Look at that. All
3: right.
1: I see. Will you come in the orange? You're coming. Okay, come on, come on. I ask you first. First of all, that's the best outfit I have seen today. Yes, <laughs> sir. Come on up here. Oh, I don't want to see your name, Matt. What's your name? Quincy. Tom. Where are you from? Tennessee. Is that a pretty good place to go to church now? It's not. You want to go to Tennessee? I mean, you got me trained. <laughs> have you ever used a slate like this before? Say no. Attaboy, you learn how to not tell the truth right out of that. Yeah, hold that like a pencil. Hold that down in that hand. All I want you to do is make a little circle. Man, you got it, buddy. You got it. That's all you got to do. You've used one before, haven't you? Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Are you all going to be around the show? You can come by the booth and I'll get put and take care of But you can't have it. All right. And I want you to pray to you. Second, I want you to do me a favor on Monday. I want you to take that turkey, call a class. And as soon as that teacher turns around, there's no chalkboards anymore, whiteboard, or whatever, and goes to write something. I want you to do it as loud as you can. All right. I'm kidding about that. <laughs> Thank you. Come on. Quick if you call any turkey in, in the country like that. And that old hen's yelling, that's what she's saying all the time. You don't gotta get fancy. Slate calls, box calls, tongues built right into the call. The stuff they have today is incredible. They already sound like turkeys. Now when we get to the woods, now it's time to talk to him and lay that presentation out and, and tell him what he wants to hear. You know, when I grew up turkey hunting, when I was a kid, there wasn't much information out there. There wasn't cell phones or the internet or Google. You want to learn what a hen turkey sounds like, you had to go to the woods and spend time with it. You can Google hen turkey elk on YouTube and there's 7,000 different variations. Every turkey has different voices, just like we do. That's why there's so many calls available out there. Some people like slates, boxes, a good turkey hunter. Like I said, not a good turkey hunter. Most turkey hunters, like I told you earlier, they got a best pool of half the stuff that's available out there on the show car. I mean, y'all got your favorites. But it's amazing that you always—I know you guys do. I've seen the bags of crap you got. from in here. It's amazing you always reach for that old faithful—the one you have the most confidence in—and that's the, that's the key. You gotta have confidence. You already sound like a turkey. Let's talk—you know—a little bit about the calling situation. And I wish I could say, "Hey, if you can do this." You can call up every turkey in the country. Like Quentin just did there. The basic yell is something the turkeys do every day of their life. They wake up, they treat call, which is a yelp, it's You know, She might fly down and she's just letting other turkeys know where she's at, she'll. On a box call, I'm going to show you a couple little tricks on a box and a slate here in a minute. One of the cool things with a box call, this thing's been around a long time, probably more turkeys that are on walls and in freezers around this country because of a box call. Uh, Most of them are a lynch box. Anybody have a lynch box in here? I didn't even know this thing was called a box call when I was a kid. It was always a lynch box for a long time. I mean, every old-time turkey hunter where I'm from has a lynch box. You know, one thing with a box call, volume control is a little bit tougher, but one thing you can do is just take your finger on that that soundboard right there and you can muffle it down just by pushing on it. muffle that sound. Again, I don't care what kind of calls that you use. That yelp right there, if you can do that, you can go anywhere in the world and kill a turkey. You don't have to know that whole repertoire, all the language of the turkey. They're yelping all the time. Soft, loud, controlling the volume is very important. Before we do this, let's talk about decoys real quick. How many of y'all use decoys? And That's way more than I've seen ten years ago. How many believe in decoys? That's awesome. Anybody not believe or don't trust decoys? Skeptical. Skeptical. That's, that's beautiful because that's how I was for a long time. And, and I'm you know I happen to work for or a or decoy company, but the, the person that introduced me to decoys when they first came out they kind of looked like half buzzard half turkey, and you know and they work one out of ten times. Now here's some keys about decoys that I think that when it happens it'll change your mind. Decoys can run turkeys off. They can do the, what you don't want them to do. It can happen. Lots of reasons, and, and we'll, we'll cover that. But decoys have come a long way. I mean, who thought you could make a rubber, my buddy calls these a rubber chicken. Who thought you could make a rubber chicken look so realistic? And technology has allowed us to do this. But what's sold me on decoys, gentlemen's up there right now, without a doubt, one of the best taxidermists, if not the best, turkey taxidermists in the world is Callie Morris about uh, 15 years ago, Cali came out and had a line of mountain hen decoys. And when I got my hands on one of them, was on a hunt with him, and I watched how that decoy worked. It sold me. And it sold me on a couple things. That thing was so realistic that when a guy would see it, nine times out of ten, he was going to get closer. He didn't always come to it, but he was going to get closer. Probably seven times out of ten, if you let him come, he was going to come and try to breathe that hen. I realized that it was the realism, obviously, because in my past... I, I was skeptical because I put a foam decoy out, and it might have some interaction, but most of the time the turkey would kind of get nervous and walk off, probably because it wasn't realistic. Calling's the same way. A lot of times it's where you put the decoy, too. When you put a decoy out, the best thing to do, you got to remember that turkey lives there every day of his life. If you're in a heavy timber where he can't see that decoy, it's not going to work as good. You want to get it out in the open where he can see it. Logging roads, if you're in the chamber of fields, that's why they work so well. You know, because they're, they're putting that visual contact on it. Another thing with, that I've learned the hard way with the decoy, when you know that gobbler is locked in on it, don't call to him. Don't keep calling to him. That's a big mistake that we make. And sometimes we're out there, we all like to hear him gobble, we want to hear him gobble so he has no breath left. And a lot of times that's a mistake, especially if he's locked in on your decoys. I didn't grab a goblin decoy to bring down here, but I'm just gonna hit on it real quick before we went into this thing I want to talk about, kind of simulating the hunt. My personal choice and, and what we we at AvianX have, have learned is that the best way to track a goblin in the spring is by using mating aspect, which is some sort of a hen decoy, and a gobbler decoy. Pecking on it. And almost every time if they commit to your decoys, I would say nine point eight times out of ten. If you have a gobbler and a hen out there, he'll go to that gobbler first every time. If he forgets about the mating aspect, he's gonna run that other gobbler off. And you know, I like to use a, a less dominant gobbler decoy, and I promise you that it'll, you know, when I saw all those hands it makes me smile because I know things are working. Without a doubt, realistic decoys have changed the game certainly. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be skeptical because you know, you gotta think about the, the selection. We make a whole bunch of different models of them and there's lots of them <coughs> available. But think about this, you're dealing with a gobbler out there that's maybe a two-year-old. Maybe, you know, it was Jake last spring? He's a two-year-old. He's got a little timid side to him. You put a full-strut decoy out there, full-strut is the most dominant posture a gobbler can have. He comes out there, last time he got tangled up with him, it hurt. He got hit upside the head with a wing. I mean, it, you and I are smart. We're only going to take that one or two times, and we're not going to try to go find a date. It's just like... You know, it's just like us, the dominant, the pecking order in in wild turkeys is tremendous. And it comes into play with sometimes the calling and your decoy selection. And that's why, you know, we make so many different poses, because they all have their their pluses and minuses. You know, a lot of times we have a a feeder pose. A feeder, we use a lot in my part of the world where there's a lot of pressure. And a feeder is just a contented hen. You know, one thing that I always look at, when I came over to Higginet six years ago, when I got a lesson. In birds and feather placement and body posture we call this our breeder decoy basically we do that because of the way her body is positioned lengthwise but the cool thing about this if you look at the feathers on the back and you watch hens' body language out there it'll tell you a lot about what's going on this decoy when you put it out it's actually calling to that turkey and you don't realize that they call through body language but when you pay attention to turkeys and they do talk to each other not just vocally her wings are dropped on the side of the body there. She's showing that she's content. And think about it, last time you saw a turkey see you or spook or get nervous, he draws those wings up tight to his body, whether it's a gobble or a hen, so you exit real quick. Those wings are showing you that you know, this, this hen's content, so it keeps that turkey relaxed. You put a feeder out there, that turkey's feeding. When she's, when she's feeding, she's at her you know, most contented um, time that she could be and you're relaxing that turkey. So you're thinking like that when you go to your decoy selection and you you go to put them out. We don't make six or seven models just to sell a bunch of them. We make six or seven models so you have your choice of what you want to do. If I know I'm battling with a turkey that's been out there for years, he's got a lot of birthdays and I know he's gonna have big spurs and I'm having a lot of trouble, I'll go to that strutter style decoy because you're challenging him. Then you're showing him a dominant pose. We've all seen it. I mean, they'll work, no doubt. But the more dominant you make your, your goblin decoys, the more time you might run a turkey off. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, we talked, we, I'm kind of bouncing back and forth, and I apologize that there's so much we can talk about. We could stand up here all day, and somebody else could be in here and have different opinions and things that work for them. I've seen it, you know, we're talking about shotguns earlier. I personally like six shot. I shot it my whole life, and I have a lot of confidence in it. Get out the road, some people shoot fives, and I know there's some stuff that's a lot smaller out there nowadays that are doing incredible. Use what works best for you. Just because, like I said, this because it works for your buddy. If he uses a slate call and that's what his go-to, that doesn't mean that's the best thing out there for you. How many of y'all in here use diaphragm calls? Anybody in here can't use a
0: diaphragm call?
1: Okay, and that's common. Very common, and I'll be honest with you, I ask that question a lot. Because this is the kind of opportunity you have here at at, at the convention to win that that room, and anybody that's working in that turkey call those turkey call booths. I don't care if you come to Zinc or Quaker Boy or Primos or Nightingale or H S Truck. There's somebody there that can help you. They can can see. Now there are some folks that I ran into that absolutely cannot cannot use a mouth call. I mean, there is that. There's not many, but there is some out there. But a diaphragm call, obviously, everybody that, that. forever it's thought you have to use one to kill a turkey. That's not true. They are the toughest to learn for most people. They're the toughest to get most realistic because you gotta spend time with it. Best time to do it, to practice with your mouth calls, is in your vehicle going back and forth to work. Now, I want you all to take a survey this year because you you probably never paid attention to it before. But from now to opening a turkey season, just keep an eye out there on the roads. and you watch some guy or some lady driving down the road just they're practicing in their truck. Best place to practice. I grew up practicing all the time. My mom wanted to throw me out of the house. And uh, I had I got run downstairs. And, and when I bought my first house, I actually made a little room with some soundproof insulation that I could get down and practice my turkey calls. Because it's something I love to do. I hear so many guys today come up and like, man, deer season ended. I got my turkey stuff out. That's awesome. Don't get your turkey calls out the night before turkey season. Especially in mountain Year to year, you want to store them in the refrigerator and a lot of guys freeze them, wash them in cold water before you put them away, and they can last a long time. The worst thing on mouth calls is, is lights like this, sunlight, anything like that. Latex is live, and it will degrade them. There's tons of mouth calls out there on the market. And today's technology and the way they build calls, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, these calls were built by completely by hand. There wasn't a machine to help you. You stretched them, hit them with some wires. Every call you get was different. Nowadays, we keep the latex thicknesses the same, everything's consistent, they can build them with a the press that, that measures them exactly where they need to be, and the, t- the technology has allowed us to make a better product. And you, know, you see all these cuts, the more cuts are up on our, um, the top read of a call, usually the raspier, more gravelly that call is. The less cuts, the more it clears up. Some folks like to call raspy, some folks like to call clear. Hens are both ways. You know that there's all, everything out there has a different voice. And that's one thing, you do nothing else when you leave here, go home next week, the following week or whatever, and Google hen yells. And listen to the different variations. And, and all those variations come into play when you're out there in the turkey woods. Whether she's clear, whether she's fast, whether she's slow, you know, it, it all can it all can be in your arsenal when you go out there and, and get in your woods. If you're out there hunting and you hear a hen yell, and you think she sounds like your box call? The best thing you can do is try to imitate her, because he hears that hen every day. If there's a hand out there that cuts three times and yells six and I hear this competitively, I'm going to do the same thing. I mean you're out there trying to fool him. And things like that are where the guys that are real successful at bringing turkeys in day after day, they're listening for that and it's just automatic. But a mouth call, for, for just real quick, basically get a seal on the roof of your mouth, you lay your tongue up there. Kinda of like you're gonna fog your glasses to clean them. That's where that air comes from that you wanna run across that reed. But today's stuff, you don't have to do it real hard. You don't gotta push your tongue up there real hard. And you don't gotta blow real hard in the car. When I first learned how to use one, it took everything you got, you almost got blue in the face to get a sound out of it. Now you can just kinda of eat your tongue up there and hit it, and you're gonna get a sound out of it right away. And you wanna bring that air, not just blowing it like you're blowing a candle out, but puffing it kinda of like you're gonna clean those glasses. Turkey out there, you know, when a a hen wakes up, just like us, most of us don't wake up and start screaming and yelling. When a hen wakes
0: up, so that is all that I have for you guys for the free portion of today's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you would like to learn how to become a subscriber to the premium content so that you can catch the rest of this week's episode, then I'll tell you how to do that in a minute. But first, I want to say thank you to Matt Moret for giving me permission to record his seminar at the NWTF convention. I hope that you guys enjoyed that presentation that Matt did. You know, it was kind of basic at times, but I know that we old-timers need to get reminded of the basics from time to time, especially before we step out into the woods, and those of us who are new to the sport, need to learn as much about the basics as we can. And by the way, that's why I created Turkey Hunting University. Just imagine what you could learn from hunting with a guy like Preston Pittman or a guy who has killed about 450 turkeys, and that's Jeff Buds. Turkey Hunting University is as close as most of us will get to actually hunting with these guys. So go over, check out turkeyhuntinguniversity.com. If there's a topic that you want to learn more about, there are videos on that topic on the website. Most of the topics have videos. There's still a couple of them that don't, but will soon. But go check that out. It's pay-per-view. It's on demand at your leisure. You can watch the videos that you purchase and you can watch them as many times as you would like to as well. So check it out. If you see something you like, something you feel like you need to learn a little bit more on, then purchase that video and enjoy. Oh yeah, and I'd love to hear your feedback about the video that you buy. So email me, andy at iamturkeyhunting.com. All right, two quick things before I cut you guys loose for the week. A little bit of housekeeping going on here. So I want to welcome our Newest listener to the Turkey Hunter podcast, and our newest member of the Turkey Hunter podcast family, and new turkey hunter. His name is Max Willahan. So, I would like to welcome Max and congratulate his dad, Thomas Willahan, who is a proud papa, on the birth of his son, Max. So, I actually saw a picture of Max, I believe it was on Twitter may have been on Facebook and he is one cute little dude so Thomas congratulations to you guys I know that you and your wife must be very proud and you have good reason to just remember this Wills: getting no sleep with a newborn is no different than getting no sleep during turkey season so hopefully that'll make you feel better and give you the opportunity to get work through all that no sleep that you're getting now All right, so another thing that I need to let you guys know about is that the Turkey Hunter podcast is back on Stitcher. Actually, we never really went away, but Stitcher was not uploading new episodes. I don't know why, but they quit uploading new episodes to the show as of about October. And thanks to a couple of you guys emailing me and sending me messages on Facebook I was able to get the most current episodes back on Stitcher, and we should be ready to rock and roll with Stitcher from here on out. So thank you guys that messaged me and emailed me. I greatly appreciate that because I never would have known had you not told me. So if you want to continue to be a listener to the free portion of the Turkey Hunter podcast, you can certainly do that using the Stitcher app if you enjoy the Stitcher app. Or if you want to become a subscriber to the premium content, then you will need to download the Podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N, Podbean app. Speaking of premium content, if you want to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast, it is very easy to do. All you need to do is text the word Turkey Hunter to the number 44222. Once you do that, I will text you back and ask you to reply with only your email address. When you reply with only your email address, I will then email you a link that you can click on to set up an account on Podbean that will allow you to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast, and it will also give you the opportunity to pay for it. And it's very easy to do from a mobile device. So go ahead, get signed up for the premium content, Since turkey season is starting in a few hours, next week you're going to get to listen to the audio from some of my hunts for the past week. So that's something that you may not want to miss. At least I hope that it's something you don't want to miss because I hope that there's something to listen to there. Which means that maybe, just maybe, I've got meat in the freezer and one tag field. So we will all see what happens, won't we? Okay, so I tricked you we don't really have just two housekeeping items. We have four housekeeping items today. So, housekeeping item number three. Well, here's J.R. Holly to tell us about it. Hey, everybody. I've got J.R. Holly on the line with me this evening, and we are picking our next winner for the giveaway this week of the Dixie Fowl Company gear that J.R. has graciously. Donated to give away. And JR, how are you this evening?
2: I'm doing good, Andy. How you doing?
0: I'm very well. Thank you. So I love the story last week of the Osceola. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anytime I get to hear a story of a turkey flopping, it's just, it just makes me smile. Right. How old were you when you first started turkey hunting?
2: First started turkey hunting, let's see. I was in the sixth grade, so I would have been 12. I had a Real good friend, him and his dad and uncles in our town were known as the Turkey Hunters. Uh, And uh, every small Alabama town has like one little clan or one little family that's the Turkey Hunters. And this was my my buddy's family, and I don't know, got me interested in it. Watched some videos at his house and started going. And not too many people in my family knew a lot about turkey hunting, but my grandfather knew where there were turkeys. So he would take me and turn me loose all through middle school and I'd chase him around. But yeah, I was, uh, I was about 12 when I first started turkey
0: hunting. That's cool. And you started on your own pretty much. I mean, you know, without having family to get you out there and drag you out when you were four or five, six years old.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. We, um, <clears throat> yeah, like I said, I had a close friend who, who kind of showed me the ropes, but we were still kids, but yeah, but yep. Yeah, Grandfather took me, dropped me off, and I would just chase him around and learn as I went.
0: That's pretty cool. So you started at 12. How old were you when you killed your first turkey?
2: I killed a Jake when I was 15.
0: A Jake. Awesome. And you did you call him in yourself?
2: I did. My, my first turkey and the first bird I ever called in. It was exciting, I can tell you that. Man, that's too cool.
0: Yeah, heck yeah. I would have been hooked, no doubt, had that happened to me. Mm-hmm. Well, you just picked our... Winner for this week. So awesome. Entry number 15 is our winner. And let me do some math here. It's high level math for an Alabama boy like
2: me. (laughs) Yep.
0: All right. So, hey, I actually know this guy. So, Joe Casalco is our big winner this week.
2: Okay. Sounds good.
0: 15. Yeah. So, okay. Joe's a long-time listener of the show, and is, he and I have emailed each other often and actually spoken on the phone a couple of times about, believe it or not, turkeys.
2: Well, imagine that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, Joe's a good guy. So, congratulations, Joe. I will shoot an email out to you, and I'll copy JR on the email, and we'll let Joe and JR take the conversation from there so that we can get that gear in Joe's hands. But, Joe, you need to go to JR's website and JR, give everybody the web address again.
2: Okay, the web address is DixieFalco at uh, dixiefalco.com. Excuse me. There we have all of our lines of items, and for anybody who didn't win, they can still go to DixieFalco.com, use promo code TURKEY18, and still get $5 off for the rest of March. Man, that is too cool.
0: And very gracious of you to offer that promo code, as well as the giveaway items. Very appreciative of that.
2: Well, we're happy to do it.
0: Good deal. Well, man, I'm going to let you go, because I have a feeling it's getting close to your bedtime, and... Believe it or not, it's really getting close to mine because I'm going to be getting up in the morning to well, see a shotgun you're, uh, you're, over my shoulder.
2: You're probably not going to sleep much tonight anyway, so it won't really matter what time you go to
3: bed.
0: You're right. I probably should just drive on over to my hunting spot and get out of the truck and just stand there and wait on it to get daylight. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I did want to say one thing. We're going to kind of mix up what we're doing for the last giveaway. We are still going to give away the Dixie Fowl hat and decal. But in the spirit of turkey season opening up, we felt like we wanted to do a little bit more for the last giveaway. So we are going to throw in a turkey hunting gear pack. And this gear pack is going to have the Dixie Fowl Co gear and then we're throwing four small items that, that we like to keep in our turkey vest that are small, inexpensive things, but we really feel like can make a difference in the turkey hunt. So the first thing that's going to be in the gear pack is just going to be a foam knee rest that you foam gun rest for your knee. Never leave home without one of those. Never. A small, yeah. it's. I started using one about, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, and I've never looked back. I always keep a spare. Yeah. It makes sitting so much easier. Yeah. The second item is going to be just a small pair of uh, pruning shears. Just, you know, last-minute adjustments, snip a branch, build a blind, whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, this fit easy in your vest, and those can make the difference between having room to swing your shotgun and not. So that's going to be in there. third item is just going to be a small thermocell refill, just the one fuel canister with the inserts. Yeah. Nothing ruins a turkey hunt more than mosquitoes in your ear in Alabama and you can't hear turkey gobble because there's, you know, little pterodactyls in your ear. Yes. And then the last one is just a little travel size thing of wet wipes. Just keeps you comfortable and keeps you out there longer. We wanted to throw in those four small things and hopefully the winner will, uh, will be able to use them and be successful. Man, that is
0: too cool. Those are four great items to have. And you're right, they're really invaluable. That
2: mm-hmm.
0: that foam knee rest, I have yep. had one, Not this, well, I still have the very first one I bought that I use as a backup <laughs> when I take somebody hunting with me. But I have owned one of those and taken one of those into the woods with me for probably 20 years. I mm-hmm. will not consciously go into the woods without it. Right, uh, accidentally left it before, you know, at the hunting camp or even at the house. But man, that thing is worth its weight in gold.
2: It is. It is. I actually, when we were in Florida, the gentleman we took in the afternoon was a long afternoon sit, so I gave him mine, which is still in Florida. So I'm actually looking at a brand new one that I got off Amazon just in time for turkey season. There you go.
0: There you go. Very cool. JR, man, that's awesome. I appreciate you doing that and going above mm-hmm. and beyond. I appreciate you doing the giveaway. And everybody, if you, well, whether you have registered or not, you need to re-register this week. And so you can register, or if you need to re-register, then you can do that by texting Dixie Fowl. D-I-X-I-E-F-O-W-L with no spaces. Text that to the number 44222. From there, you're going to get a text back that says, please enter your email address or please reply with your email address only. And once you do that, then you'll be entered into the giveaway for this coming week. So that is the Dixie Fowl Company gear. That is... A knee rest, hand pruners, a thermosel refill, and wet wipes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Tools yep. of the all, trade we
2: can't all live essential. without.
0: Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Well, sir, you're very generous and very kind. appreciate you very much. And I wish you luck this weekend because you're getting out on a youth hunt. With yep. a young man and I wish you both a lot of luck and hopefully the hammer will drop on a bird this weekend and you'll continue that Florida streak that you have going.
2: <laughs> we'll see. I'm, I'm hoping for the same.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So good deal. I'm going to let you get on with your evening and I look forward to talking to you next week and hopefully seeing another selfie with you and a turkey this weekend.
2: Yes, sir, and good luck in the morning.
0: Thanks, Jr. Have a great night. All right. Uh huh. Bye bye. Goodbye. All right. Congrats to Joe Casalco for winning the Dixie Fowl Company gear. Housekeeping item number four is the announcement of the winner of the Strutton 360 mechanical decoy stake. So here is Richard Duncan to tell us more about that. Hey everybody, I've got Richard Duncan on the line with me tonight to pick out another winner of the giveaway of the Strutton 360 Mechanical Decoy Steak. And Richard, how are you this evening?
3: I'm doing good, Andy. I'm going to be in the Turkey Woods Friday, so I'm feeling real good right now. I know.
0: I'm excited. Man, I just don't know if I'm going to sleep between now and open and morning, but hey... You know, I won't sleep once season starts anyway, so what's an extra day or two of no sleep?
3: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, I've been wondering about the Strutton 360. How many states have you sold and delivered the Strutton 360 to?
3: You know, Andy, it's really interesting. Not only have I sold in all 50 states, believe it or not, because we do have some people using the Strutton 360 for predator hunting, but these were actually all turkey hunting sales. And then I've sol- sold also to Mexico, New Zealand, and Canada.
0: Oh, well, that's cool. So I have always wondered about the turkey hunters in New Zealand. So did you sell those to a guide or an outfitter? There.
3: You, you know, know, I never talked. I, uh, I never talked to the guy. Yeah, I mean, he just placed an order online through my webpage, and I had a ship to location and shipped it, and never heard from him. So I don't know what the results are, but it actually did go to New Zealand.
0: That's pretty cool. Well, I would just about guarantee he's killing turkeys with that thing because from what I understand, the New Zealand turkeys are not like Alabama turkeys. They're pretty stupid. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's probably true.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, they're probably just falling all over themselves to get on that Strutton 360 decoy and get shot. So that's that's pretty cool. And then, so fi- all 50 states, so you sold them to people in Alaska.
3: Absolutely. You know, I actually talked to a couple of the guys that bought Strutton 360s from Alaska, and what it was was they had moved to Alaska to be hunting guides, and one was actually from Georgia, one was actually from North Carolina, and they came back to the lower 48 to turkey hunt in the spring. Yeah. So I actually shipped them to Alaska, though.
0: Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I know a lot of outfitters up there – are there for their fall hunting season and that's it and they don't live there year round so that makes sense.
3: Yep for sure. Yeah
0: very cool. Well again you didn't know it but you just picked our winner. So Awesome. The number of states that you sold in I'm actually going to bump it and include the countries and provinces that you've sold in as well so we've got mexico canada new zealand there's three and then we have 50 states so that means entry number 53 this week is our winner and i don't have a name for the winner but i do have an email address of duck commander 98 at gmail.com so congrats to duck commander 98 i will be sending an email out to him and i will copy you on that email richard and hopefully we'll get a response back from him very quickly so that we can get that strutton 360 decoy out and get it in his hands asap so
3: that's awesome andy i shipped the first unit to our winner last week and he should have received that strutton 360 today so as soon as we get the contact and mailing information and the ship to address, I'll have a, another Strutton 360 on its way.
0: Very cool. That's awesome. So let's do the text option again this week. You want to give away another one of these, don't you?
3: Absolutely.
0: That was kind of a leading question, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now that I've talked Richard into doing another giveaway... What we'll do is go back to the text option, and you guys who have not registered yet, what you need to do to register is text the word "Strutton 360 Make it one word, no spaces, and it's S-T-R-U-T-T-N 360 to the number 44. 440- And once you do that, you'll be prompted at that point to enter your email address. And once you enter your email address, that will register you for the giveaway. So I really recommend you guys go out there and register for this. We're going to give one more away. I already know that Richard's going to do two more after that for a total of five of these decoy stakes. But I don't know going forward If we're going to do these next two, the last two, via social media giveaway or continue on with the podcast giveaway for you guys. But once you enter, you're entered. So go on, text strutton360 to 44222, get registered, and then you don't have to worry about the other entries that we're doing. You're in the contest at that point. So, Richard, Thank you very much, again, for your generosity in doing this. And I hope that everyone listening will go and check out your website and tell us what that web address is again.
3: Andy, my webpage is www.rjduncan.com, and Duncan is spelled D-U-N-K-I-N, so that's www.rjduncan.com.
0: Fantastic. Well, I recommend everybody go check out the website and check that product out and then also go over to your Facebook page, your business page for the Strutton 360 and give it a like as well. Do you, during turkey season, I know you film a lot of hunts over the Strutton 360. Do you typically post those hunts on your Facebook page?
3: Andy, I've got a number of videos posted and I'm working with video editors now so that we can get some more up. I've got a large number of hunts, and I'm always looking for good editors to edit videos. So if you have an interest, send me a note on my webpage, but there are videos out there. You can find us on YouTube, you can find us on Facebook, at Richard Duncan, strutton360, or again, you can get us at www.rjduncan.com. All right.
0: Awesome. Richard, have a great night. Thank you again. Good luck to you this weekend. I hope you send me a picture of you with a dead turkey or two over the weekend.
3: Well, I hope so, Andy. It's been 12 months, it's been a long time coming, but we're within about 48 hours of hitting the woods.
0: Absolutely. Fantastic. All right, sir. Well, I look forward to talking to you next week. Be safe out there this weekend and have a great one. Thanks, Andy. Thank you very much. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. All right. Congratulations to Duck Commander 98. Joe and Duck Commander, you will both be getting emails from me letting you know that you've won. And you need to respond to those emails very quickly, please, so we can be sure to get those winnings out to you as soon as possible. Thanks to both of you for playing along, and I hope you enjoy your loot. All right, that's all that I have for you guys today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye